Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay. I have the tremendous privilege of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then out of that, exposition, exegesis, exposition, uh, advising, counseling, consulting, to help others apply the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God manifests living word in Jesus Christ to their lives. I, in exposition, exegesis, can tell them what I know to be the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel it has been called of God. And with that then... Possibly very specific, not only generally, but very specific instruction in terms of application. But to know it does not necessarily mean that you're going to be able to do it. So too with the Old Testament. God gave the word for the sake of, I believe, reconciliation edification, the word of God is useful to bringing one into alignment with God's thoughts, his instructions, his counsel, his consultation, his word for reproof, in some ways judgment, but judgment doesn't have to necessarily mean condemnation, judgment just means you did it wrong, I suppose there's an element of condemnation in doing it wrong, but it is for the sake of correction, not eternal damnation, it would never be for that, but when God gave through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the word to the Hebrew people, and the Hebrew people through <laughs> trial and error learning, through their own experimentation with the word, through their insight, awareness, as it developed over generations, to the personification, the actual personal application of word, word, rules, instructions, Living Word, Jesus Christ, application, Old Testament, royal law, law forgiven by, once again, the Holy Spirit to the sake of, or for the sake of, to the end of instruction, showing itself in all of God's glory, which includes not only his forgiving of the word, but the grace and mercy that allows the mistakes to be corrected and not hold it against us. We see Jesus's gospel particularly, and then in application, a second chance. <laughs> a being born again, a resurrection of sorts. And I believe none better than, <laughs> outside of the Apostle Paul, someone in a position, whether it be such that I have in specialized pastoral care, someone who is the pastor of a church, someone who is just ministering in lay 
sort of ministry terms, the Word of God. So you should share the Word of God with your testimony, just as the Hebrew people's testimony speaks to what God wants us to be through, again, some measure of progressive revelation, developed insight and awareness, to taking on the virtue and character, all yet carnal dimension, but somehow, some way, between all of that and the knowledge it represents, the knowing, that it represents collectively, and even not only consciousness, but conscience sort of way, it still won't save you. It still doesn't mean you'll take it and apply it. And that's my struggle with the counseling. Or possibly my distinguishing, or in distinction, distinguishing word-based counsel Holy Spirit then directed counsel and psychology in general. There's a much, there's a lot. There's much that psychology has taken from the understanding that the Word of God supplies in terms of not only what God, adaptive, what God would want us to be in best terms, but also what we get when we're not. And when in trial and error, instead of empirically processing, learning, even so applying in hypothetical sort of terms of reasoning, if we refuse to go there, if we refuse to acknowledge our error, if we refuse to process, apply personally to ourselves, to learn from our mistakes, we're not going to get better. God still gives a second chance. Grace and mercy and forgiveness in that way, those ways, represents second chance, as I've already mentioned, resurrection even, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> but that would all presuppose not only that we could take what God has given us and apply it, which we can't. Otherwise, the Old Testament would have been sufficient and there would not have been a need for the New Testament. But the great mystery is that the Word of God was already in the Hebrew people as in the Holy Spirit. They <laughs> just had to get their head to cooperate with it, their braid to cooperate with it. I suppose it is for the sake of empiricism and we are humans, empirical creatures, you can tell me something, but I'm going to go test it and prove it for myself. Which then brings us to the universality of Thomas, at least his doubting nature, and why it possibly took us so long to get to Jesus and his gospel, even as it took the Hebrew people, including the wandering around in the wilderness for generations, to the book of Malachi, where there was not only dead silence, but you could call it dead, death, of the old paradigm, a way of thinking. Even with all of this knowledge and learning, and even if 
in all of that. It was turned to God. There had to be a death to the old way, the old nature, so that a new one could emerge. But the emergence came from within. It wasn't something that God had to apply again. It was something that we had to get out of the way of. Our head had to align rightly with. We had to prove and then hypothetical research methodology. Reprove. Psychology takes all of that. And why I don't think science and the word of God are at odds. I think science is a tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the true word of God, as in living word, as in tree of life, is the anointing of the Holy Spirit or the emergence of the Holy Spirit or as in Jesus Christ, the tree of life, the gospel of Jesus Christ, instructional to the end of establishing not only all that the Hebrew people had come to know of God, his virtue, character, even so, tried really, really hard to put on in human personification, personal, individual, but all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God except Jesus the Christ, and even so, Jesus the Christ, because it came, he was God. He was God, declarative, Jesus Christ is God with us. But the Holy Spirit was with Jesus even as he has been with every human being since the time of Adam and will be to the time of Christ's second coming. Jesus, being man, was subject to the same principles of the natural, the empirical nature Included, but the fallen, the moments when the devil took greatest advantage to steal humanity in physical, material, emotional, bodily, emotional, psychological included from God because of the dead silence of Malachi, or at least the period between Malachi and Jesus' coming. Because it is during that period of time when all those things, hopefully you learned good things, maybe you learned bad things, the evil therein, all of the bad from the devil who takes the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, the human nature to process only in those sort of emotional and psychological terms until the age of accountability where we then have to make a choice and there is then a moment of dead silence But it doesn't mean you're dead. It just means you're dying to the old way of thinking of it. Jesus, the gospel of Jesus Christ says there's life in you. You just have to allow it to proceed out of you. How? By dying to the old nature. By dying to the formation of identity. Of personification. Even if in your best attempts you are trying to do it perfectly, you can't. Because there is a base nature that is at enmity with the divine. And you have to rightly know 
how to die to that. Find refuge and safety in Jesus, the Christ, who himself went from human form as with part human, human body, to divinity, but in that same way was divinity long before he was humanity, but passed through. All of those things was not without being touched with the feelings of human development, of the bodily process or stages, as in dynamic, as in process, of not only formation of identity, but then the giving of that to God so that he might then, in sanctification of the Holy Spirit, revelation of not only God in an intellectual knowledge of good and evil sort of way, but so that you could rightly then partake of the fruit of the tree of life, but you start with the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That is the human course. You can't bypass that. It's impossible. But you can listen to what your folks tell you are right. Rights. You can have fellowship with God, the Father, who instructs you daily. Enjoy the fellowship, the time with God as Adam and Eve and their Figuratively, but almost literally, childhood adolescence spent time with God. But they had to go through that period of testing to prove and then reprove even what God had said was right all along. The prodigal has to leave to come back home. Jesus just did not have to leave to come back home. He was, in some ways, though, delivered unto this same mortality, course of mortality, period of time in the flesh, but did well with it, unlike all of the rest of us. Jesus did well with it from the very earliest of ages of his life, as with material being, as with carnality and mortality attached, as with presumably in the name of Jesus, in just the name of Jesus, identity, he was learning. <laughs> he was in the temple. He was of the Hebrew culture. He was taken or given and taking taken full advantage of all that God had revealed to the Hebrew people. We too have access to that same Old Testament knowledge. But it will not save you. What saves you is Holy Spirit anointing. No doubt, no question, Jesus being divine was of Holy Spirit Holy Spirit filled, powered of the Holy Spirit, but so in a lesser way would all of the rest of us be. The Holy Spirit brings us life. He is in us from the beginning. But lest we be too confused, even Jesus went through that dead silence sort of moments, moment, and moments of trial and error, sort of proof and reproof, 
the temptation of the devil in the wilderness. Though Jesus did it completely perfectly in righteousness. Nonetheless was challenged intellectually through the knowledge of good and evil. In the same way that Adam was tempted of the devil. Jesus the second Adam the Christ did it well. Because he didn't rely on his head. He came to trust fully, even in physical dimension, bodily, physical dimension, the Holy Spirit that was already well within him. The gospel of Jesus Christ tells us to do the same. The gospel of Jesus Christ does not present that God then would have to breathe life into us any more than he already has, it would be that the breath of life that Jesus brings is the full revelation of the Holy Spirit who is already in us, who has been covered up by our carnality, who in our dead silence, in that transition between being a child, adolescent, to being adult, to the application of all that we have learned from our parents, from God himself as he inspired the writing of the Old Testament through the Holy Spirit so that we could then read it, know it, study it, but would not be saved until we realize (laughs) it's rightly so the death of the old paradigm The human paradigm, the human soul, the mortality, death dies along with the death of death. (laughs) Hopefully as we get into the book of Romans, we're going to be taking additional look at just that. Paul explains that within the first two chapters of the book of Romans. How death dies with death. But death lives when we put ourselves only under the tutelage and bound to then the righteousness of the Old Testament. It is righteousness, but it's righteousness out of the head, not combined with necessarily, maybe necessarily the heart in this term. You have to have a motive. It's necessary to have a motive. A desire. You have to be penitent. You want to do better. You have to love God. You have to love Jesus <laughs> with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Carnally. But it is not just your heart. It is the heart of God in the Holy of Holies that he has placed already inside of you. The veil is the renting, so to speak, as it is torn of that which divides keeps God out or us out. God is in us. There is a mercy seat. There are cherubim. There is in the place of the Most High where you come to meet with God and he takes what otherwise is and it's going to flip in the beginning Knowing what's right and wrong sanctifies it in the Holy Spirit through partaking now of the tree of life, the fruit thereof, of the tree of life, so that we then can make application, but so then that the Holy Spirit in, I guess, in the same sort of, for the sake of humanity, and it's all about in that way, development, 
chronological, emotional, psychological maturation. But because of that, even so, the Holy Spirit is either not more or less, is neither more or less in us from the very beginning. It's our acceptance, not only of Jesus, wrapping our head around Jesus, understanding the gospel of the New Testament that comes <laughs> presentation-wise right after Malachi in the book of Matthew. And from that point on, the application of the new revelation or the newness of a new revelation at least unto us oh the Holy Spirit is in me Jesus is bringing that to my awareness I accept that in the name of Jesus he is the Messiah and the Christ he did it perfectly though he went through the same struggles you could even make the argument the cross he took on was not only our own, but because of his mortality, because of his humanity, there was a need for mortality even for Christ. But he did not die that day in spirit, particularly Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit never dies. Nothing can exalt itself above it. Nothing can lessen the Holy Spirit. Nothing can take away from God. Nothing can get in our way except us. And the devil, taking that moment of dead silence and challenging. Is this all real? Wait a minute, maybe, maybe it is all a myth. Maybe it is of some human concoction or construction. Maybe it is just one of those things that we created. And maybe that's all there is, is us. Maybe there isn't a God. Maybe there is even a Holy Spirit in us to inspire us, to lead us, to guide us, to bring us to Christ. And then to fulfill the work of God as Hebrew 4. As we enter into his rest, the Holy Spirit, he is there in full glory and magnitude from the very beginning. Moses, and unfortunately us too, had to be, has to be, must be hidden in the cleft of the rock. We have to be, he had to be, it has to be that we're hidden in the cleft of the rock because we can't stand it. We're not prepared to receive it because it requires the death of the old creature. <laughs> the identity, the paradigm that was for the paradigm that will be, that will then not only be of human sort of advantage, but the only way that we're going to get into heaven, even so, now, as in entering into his rest, as entering into divine heavenly dimensions, the third heaven experience of the Apostle Paul, even so contentment, even so a constant walk as Jesus had, as Paul has learned, whether he's up or down, 
he can find contentment to know how to sup with God, to meet with God in the cool of the day, to get our heads out of the way, to listen not only to the emotional aspects, the motive that comes out of our human emotion, but the actual veil rent so that we might enter in to the Holy of Holies and experience the communion that we're promised by entering into that comfort of the Holy Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit, because Christ did what he did, was the only one to do what he did at the time he did it, but not to deny us, for that was the mission, his commission, was to share that then with the rest of us, so that we too then would have an advocate with the Father, not only Christ Jesus, not only the cloak of righteousness that Christ affords us while we're still in our flesh, but the operation of the Holy Spirit who has been there all along. And how do we know them? I don't have much time to do the exposition exegesis on today's podcast, but how do we know then? Because Romans chapter 2 speaks of it, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest, judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them who commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them who do such things and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deed, or deeds, to them who by patient Continuance in well-doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. Continuing verse 10. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For there is no respect of persons with God. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. And this is the verse 14. For when the Gentiles who have not the law 
do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law are a law unto themselves, who show the work of the law, these are the verses, now 15, written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. And what is Paul's gospel? It is a continuance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's just coming to himself, developmentally, in maturity. Paul's dead silence was on the road to Damascus when he was still Saul. He literally became a new creature in Jesus Christ and why his name, I believe, was changed for the sake of literally an identity change, but it was in the Holy Spirit. He came to awareness of the Holy Spirit because he had to come to death Dead silence, whether again literal, figuratively, whether bodily, whether emotional, psychologically, whether identity, personality, whatever way you want to describe it, full continuum, broadest measure, he had to die to his humanity, but he could not do it so radically so, lest he would perish. Because <laughs> personality is sort of a stabilizing influence. Ego death, as it is now called these days, can result in bad trips unless you have some context in which to place it. The knowledge of good and evil helps us with context. The Old Testament helps us with context. Lest we should all, in ego death, completely blow our minds. <laughs> fall apart. And though Nebuchadnezzar came back, all resort to worse than what we would have had. The Hebrew people were only given it for the sake of giving it, for that purpose, that sake, so that there would be then some context. So that when the revelation, the full revelation of who we are in Holy Spirit... Through the message of Jesus the Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ, unto the inheritance of Jesus the Christ, unto full restoration unto God, from whence we all came, by the way, as with the Holy Spirit in the beginning, we could survive it. Now instead what we look at it as is torment in hell along the way, and the misery therein. But that's the shadow of death. That's what. Hopefully, next podcast we'll get into a bit more because death has to die as we die. But if we die righteously according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, according to the Word of God, Old Testament, the New Testament, through that period of proving and reproving, through that moment where we come to the end of ourselves and realize this is not going to save us. All we're going to end up being are hypocrites, liars, cheats, thieves, no better than the devil himself. (laughs) 
Because of Jesus the Christ, because of the Messiah, we now know the Holy Spirit, the power that it's going to be, or that is going to be required, that it's going to take, is already well in us. We just have to get used to the new creature that we're to become. We have to make our peace with the new man that God has all along called us to and put aside all those childish ways. When I was a child, I thought as a child, faith, courage, hope, oh, there's a better, but love. We don't accept Jesus because we don't accept us and cannot believe God will accept us in our fallen nature. But God is a God of forgiveness. And from the very beginning, though, we would be subject to this trial, this temptation we've spoken of on the podcast today as part of our bodily, emotional, psychological development unto personification of self. It's personification of Christ. That we're called to. And even more than the laying aside of Jesus, the Messiah, when we get to heaven for the sake of returning to God without anything that would separate us from God, including any need for some human definition of ourselves, the Messiah, because we will be so one with God. There won't be anything that separates us. All of the mortality, all of the human dimension by that point, will be removed. It's transfiguration. It's the Mount of Transfiguration. I believe it's Mark 9 stuff. Now, isn't that intriguing? That's why... Psychology without Jesus Christ, without Holy Spirit, can only take you so far. But why covenant specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling, ministry? Because it is in that realization I don't have to do all the work. I just can consult. I can just guide, lead, and direct. But my guidance and consultation is going to be the gospel of Jesus Christ as word, living word. And even so, I'll claim, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, my gospel is Jesus, but I am not going to judge you. (laughs) Should you want to contact us, call 304-528-9220. Covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com or on Facebook and YouTube at Covenants. Covenantsonline.com and (laughs) you can catch us on the next podcast. But until we get a chance to meet again, God bless you. Thanks.